3: Welcome into the PHNX Suns podcast, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm Lindsay Smith, and I am joined by Gerald Bourget and Espo. Guys, how are you doing today?
1: You know, I'm in I'm in PHNX health and safety protocols because I got a fever. And the only prescription is more Suns wins. All right. <laughs> and I'm actually, uh, you know, quarantining. So that too, but.
0: Well, As well, well I mean, it's, it's been a rough
3: protocols right now.
0: It's been a rough week for that prescription. Then we've only got two games this week. You need more, you need more Suns wins.
1: Yes. Yes, I do. But they are well, still the best team in the NBA. So get excited. <laughs>
3: Hey, maybe it'll come this Friday. It should very well come this Friday for you, another Suns win over the Celtics. But until then, we're going to hold it down here um, live today. We'll have an audio-only podcast for you guys tomorrow. But I want to start today's show with something that kind of hit social media a few days ago, but we haven't had an opportunity to really discuss it. So one Kendrick Perkins. Had some things to say about Chris Paul and the MVP race, or the MVP conversation, anyway. Let's hear what he had to say and then let's talk about it.
2: There's no disrespect to DeAndre Ayton. I think he's playing phenomenal basketball. No disrespect to Devin Booker, all Mikhail Bridges, and everybody else who has contributed. But look, let's take it a step further. Why is Chris Paul not in the conversation of MVP, Mm. okay? Look, I understand Steph Curry, Giannis, and Kevin Durant, but Chris Paul need to be in that top five conversation. We need to keep the same energy that we had when when Steve Nash won the MVP, when he was averaging 15 points and 11 assists. Right now, Chris Paul is averaging 14 points. 10 and a half assists. They're on the 18-game winning streak. And, and they arguably are the best team in the in the league right now. So the ultimate floor general, and on top of that, you know who's the most clutch player in the fourth quarter? Mr. Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah. Put that man in the in the conversation Absolutely. as MVP because everybody get caught up on, oh, he the had numbers. 50. He had this. But no, look at the effect that he's that he's having on yes. winning.
3: All right. Well, we know Perks' thoughts. So, gentlemen, what are your thoughts on this conversation?
1: I think Kendrick Perkins deserves a spot on the NBA announcer Mount Rushmore right now because this guy brings some very hot takes. But I think that that people underestimate the intelligence behind a lot of it. They think he's just one of those talking heads that's trying to, you know, stir things up. But he has some very, very well thought out takes, and this is one of those. Uh, one of those situations yes flashy numbers usually get you mvp but when you look at what chris paul's doing how how his impact has changed this franchise not just this season but obviously last year as well and you look at the clutch minutes i mean the the stats are insane highest plus minus in the clutch he scored 40 points in 34 uh, clutch minutes this year he's 11 of 17 shooting and he's uh, has five rebounds 13 assists he has two blocks in those clutch minutes. he is doing everything you could want out of a guy when it comes down to winning the game. he is the ultimate closer I talked about it the other night uh, and not to mention he's fourth in total uh, in steals per game in the league. This guy gets it done on both ends of the court and his mindset has permeated this entire franchise.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree with Espo and with perk that he needs to be in that conversation. And, you know, if we, if we stopped the voting today, if the season ended today, I would probably put him in the top five. My question is where does he belong in the top five? Because You know, we get, we can talk about MVP races and MVP candidates, but like, I don't know if I'm putting him up there with like Steph Curry right now. And it's no disrespect to Chris Paul, because what he's doing at age 36 as arguably the best player on arguably the best team in the league is incredible. Um, You know, leading the league in assists, fourth in steals, what he's doing in the clutch, how he's doing it with Devin Booker missing the last three or four games, like, that's been very impressive and he definitely belongs in that conversation, but I need to know like where exactly are you guys putting him in that top five ranking there?
1: I think right now it's, it's he and Steph are interchangeable. I think you can make solid arguments for both, but the one that puts it over the top for me is the Suns' 18 game win streak, what he meant to that. And just these clutch minutes, how unbelievable. He's been most valuable player to me is the guy that helps one of the best teams in the league and has the biggest impact on them. And right now uh, you can say that for him, for CP3, and you can say that for Steph, anybody else I don't think is in within shouting distance in this argument, honestly. I don't,
0: Lindsay, what, what are your thoughts?
3: <laughs> um, This is a hard one for me because I don't know, to be honest with you, I do think Chris (laughs) Paul should absolutely be within the conversation, but I don't feel like I have enough, I don't know, Whatever, my opinion doesn't matter enough to have one in this situation. I guess you could say is sort of oh, you feeling. sell yourself short. I do think you should be within the conversation, but I think it's just such a subjective way that this vote is determined to begin with, right? Because there are no definitive factors. There's no definitive definition about why, or how, or what we determine is deserving of an MVP award. So it's so subjective. And I think that makes it such a hard uh, conversation to have and such a hard opinion to really formulate. But I think you should absolutely be within the conversation because like you said, Gerald, it arguably the best team in the NBA and arguably the best player on the team. So he 100% should at least be in the conversation.
0: Right. My, but, my thing is, go ahead, Linz. But no, you go ahead. I was just gonna say, my thing is when you're comparing Chris and Steph, like you could make the same argument best player on the best team in the league for Steph and the Warriors. They're you know, they have identical records. The Warriors have a better point differential, they check out better in offensive and defensive rating. And I'm not saying that that means the Warriors are the best team in the league or that, like, you know, they would beat the Suns in a seven game series. I'm still taking the Suns. But right now, based on the numbers that we have in front of us, with this very short snippet of the season, like the Warriors have been statistically the best team, and Steph, his numbers are better than Chris Paul's. So I, I don't, I know that Chris Paul has had this impact on winning that that's hard to um, tangibly put out there. But like for MVP, if you're looking at big numbers, narrative, um, you know, team success. Curry has all three of those elements in a way that, that Chris Paul to this point, in my opinion, just doesn't quite I stack. Think that's, up.
1: I think that's where age comes in though. You have to, you have to factor in Chris Paul's age and, and the mileage on him as well, coming into this and being able to do this and being smart about the way he's playing. I think he could go out there and still drop 23 in a, uh, on a, on an average in a night, but he's, he's pacing himself because he understands it. And, and, The other factor I put into this is just the intelligence at which he plays this game. I mean, those rip-through fouls that he draws are are just genius. Everybody knows it's coming. Nobody seems to be able to not fall for it. And he knows exactly how it's still allowed within the rule book. All these factors, to me, uh, put him right there with Steph. Now, I, I tend to agree that probably right now, just because of the flashiness, Steph would get the nod. Uh, because that's just what the national media likes to look at, and in the end, it comes down to a lot of that: who's ha- who's had the bigger highlight plays. Because all the uh, the voters in this aren't watching every single Suns game, nor are they watching every single Warriors game in most cases. So, uh, so highlights will play into it, but you know, I think Steph is probably would get the nod, but CP three deserves the praise. Deserves to be right there with Steph for what he's been able to do. Fabio in the chat says I think Steph is a little above CP3 this season because Steph doesn't have a Booker. I think that's a fair argument. And Coach Evan B says Curry one, CP3 two, Durant four or Durant three, Booker four, Giannis and Jokic at five. I think, I think that that those are all fair. I, I I'm not arguing here to say it'd be insane to put Steph over CP three. I get that argument, but everybody else, I don't think they're within that range of those two guys thus far in the season.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, we're, we're dealing with really small sample sizes. So every win that the Suns have ahead of these other teams is amplified. Um, Cause they are, you know, the fact that they're this far ahead of pretty much everyone except the warriors in the standings is impressive given they've only played like 24 games. I do think Giannis and KD are going are already there and they're probably going to pass Chris Paul in those rankings just because like the Bucs were on a win streak there. The Nets are figuring some stuff out after James Harden was garbage for them the first couple weeks of the season. Um those wins are gonna stack up, and those guys have just they just have better numbers than than Chris Paul. Like with Steph, he's averaging like double the amount of points that Chris Paul is right now. But I do think – I don't think we should lose track of Chris Paul being in this conversation, just like last year. Like, he should absolutely be in the conversation. I don't know if he'll have the numbers to win it unless the Suns just win, like, five or six more games than everybody else. And it's and it's just it, – it feels unfair to leave him out or to not have him. But, you know, just the fact that we are even talking about this at age 36 is incredible. I just don't want to make the same mistake that Lakers fans made with LeBron – was it last year when he got off to that hot start? They're like, look at what he's doing at age 36. Like, he's leading the league in assists and he's doing all this at age 36. And the biggest thing for his case was that he was doing it at an older age, not what he was mm-hmm. actually doing when Giannis was like the clear front runner. So I don't want to make that same mistake. I love Chris Paul. He makes me laugh about three to five times every single night because he just does things that nobody else in the league does as far as his competitive fire goes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hope he remains in this conversation. I'm, I just wouldn't put him at number one right now. Look,
1: He's I absolutely. love small samples. I was just going to say, I love small sample size theater. There's nothing like it. I mean, sure, it's it's 20 plus games, but let's determine who's the champion and who's,
3: who's the MVP right now. Why not? Why not? <laughs> There's no arguing that Chris Paul is absolutely valuable to the Suns team. I have two additional questions about this. The first one is, um, and Coach Evan B in the chat brought it up. Shouldn't CP3 and Book both be in the conversation? Do you think that Devin should be in the conversation as well?
0: I I think he's a top 10 candidate. I would have a hard time putting him ahead of Chris Paul as far as the best MVP candidate for the Suns. Um, Booker has been just as good in the clutch. Like he's been putting up insane numbers in crunch time situations too. So he does deserve some love in this. I would say he's a top 10 candidate for sure. Probably like number seven. I think Jimmy Butler's probably like in six there. um But yeah, I, I think him missing the last three or four games kind of hurts his case a little bit, uh, especially, you know, with 24 games. That's like one sixth of the season. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, that would be my thing.
1: Yeah, in small sample size theater, he doesn't qualify right now in my books to <laughs> be higher than CP3. But I actually think if Devin Booker, comes back and, and go not if he comes he's coming back but when he comes back if he goes on one of his hot streaks and, and puts up big numbers he could wind up being the more realistic mvp candidate out of uh out of the suns just simply because those flashy numbers are what usually gets it done but to your point Lindsay i struggle with that because to me the definition of a most valuable player is the guy that does everything that you need. It's not just flashy numbers. It's great to, to drop 25 a game, but if that's primarily what you're doing, you know, and you know, that, 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 doesn't get it done for me. You've got to do it on both ends of the floor. You got to be able to rebound. You got to be able to pass. You got to be smart you know, in the way you do it. You got to be good in the clutch. These are all things that, that CP three has done. Devin Booker does it as well. So if you add in, Hey, he gets up to averaging, 24, 25 points and puts up some of those numbers, I think he's more likely to be in the conversation later in the se- season, just because it's easier to argue those uh, those visuals, statistic-wise.
3: I think for me, at the end of the day, the most important thing is that I feel like both of them deserve to at least be within the conversation. Um, not Maybe not, at least at this point, you can't definitively say either one of them should win it 100%, but I think just from a respect factor of what this team did last year and what they're currently doing right now, they should at least be within the conversation. I think that's only fair. So my last question I have for you guys is in the 1980, 1981 season, the award changed from being voted upon by players in the league to sports writers and broadcasters who cover the league. Do you think it should go back to having players be the one who determine this. Uh,
1: I think I think it should be a mix, like they do with the All Star, and 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 put weight towards both. Uh, I, players aren't watching every game, but they know what it's like to go up against a guy on the court. Media tends to watch more of it, but overall, this is a ridiculous exercise in general. It's a it's it's basically. <laughs> prom king and queen it's just a popularity contest and who gives a crap you know like in the end in a lot of cases but to me there there's probably a better way to vote for it but to go to the effort to try to figure out what that is tabulate it do all that is it really even worth it for something that is a pat on the back in the end and 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 nothing more than that when it comes down to it really
0: yeah i mean i every year i like to look at the player vote returns for all-star game. And that almost always makes a good case for it staying the way that it is. I mean, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not going to act like the media is all knowing or like this new or newer, I guess, format hasn't gotten it wrong over the last 40 some years, but like by and large, the MVP is usually awarded to the right player. And I know there have been some pretty notable exceptions but I I like the way that the voting breaks down. I like that it's in the hands of people that it's their job to watch these teams and these players on a night to night basis. And like Espo was saying, a lot of these guys, you know, if you're playing in the league, you're not gonna be looking around watching teams play on the same night as you all the time. I, I think a lot of it will come down if it changed to something like player voting on MVP, it would come down to like reputation or like narrative. Um, and I think that should only be part of these conversations. Obviously, if a guy has like an incredible seat, like when Russell Westbrook won MVP, that felt right, not just because he was putting up insane numbers and averaged a triple-double and whatnot, but because Kevin Durant had just left and he led the Thunder to the playoffs that year without him. Like, we can't act like that narrative wasn't a part of the story. And it was really cool. But like, I feel like if it was players only, it would it would hinge a lot on like reputation and you know, there would be, there wouldn't be as much substance behind it. There wouldn't be as much maybe research or debate behind it. Um, So yeah, that's just my two cents. I'm not going to act like the media always gets it right, but we usually do a pretty decent job. I feel like,
1: look, I feel, I feel like it would actually benefit CP three for his players based on your reputation argument, because they, they, there's such (laughs) reverence for Chris Paul uh, Mm -hmm. around the league that I think he'd actually wind up getting more votes that way than he does with the media, whether that's right or wrong. I that. That's, you know, that's for everybody to make their own mind up on, but I think he would get, get more attention. I, what I need to know though, Gerald about this, uh, because it'll make me understand your opinion more. Do you have an MVP vote? Because I I could see if you have it, you're like, nope, can't take that away from the media. No,
0: but that's the goal one day, Espo, one day.
1: All right. Soon. <laughs> all right, fine. By that date we need to get this back in player's hands, all right? So
3: <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we have talked a lot about Chris Paul off the top of the show and rightfully so, he deserves a lot of attention, a lot of respect and praise, but somebody who oftentimes can be underappreciated on this team is one Jay Crowder, and Gerald, you wrote about Jay Crowder and the contributions that he brings to this team that don't always show up on the box score, but are very, very important to the success of this team at gophnx.com, so give us a brief uh, overview as to what you went into within your article, and then let's talk about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, the idea kind of stemmed, it was perfect timing, because the night I wrote it, he had a season high, what was it, 17 or 19?
1: 19. Um,
0: 19. Yeah, he had 19. And the whole, like that Spurs win, obviously the big story was Chris Paul because he went off in the fourth quarter. He had like 10 points in the fourth. Um, he led the team in scoring. He had that clutch steal on <laughs> DeJounte Murray. Like it was all the Chris Paul show. And I feel like ever since that offseason, just over a year ago, when Chris Paul first came to town, Jay Crowder's influence, like we talk about it, but maybe not as much as we should in terms of not just his leadership and, and as a veteran guy, but also just his impact on winning and his defense and, and what he brings to the table. I know he can be streaky, um, and I, I got a lot of comments from Suns fans saying, like, we understand how important he is, like, we value him, and I think that's true, but I think when Jay Crowder goes on one of those cold streaks, it's easy for the, for a certain section of Suns Twitter to be like, bench him, put Cam Johnson in. And I feel like we kind of overlook what he brings to the table, both on and off the floor, because that finals run last year wouldn't have been possible without him. Like Chris Paul was obviously the catalyst, but when you get a guy like Jay Crowder on that three-year deal and it kind of flies under the radar, I don't know. It just kind of, uh, it was, like I said, it was perfect timing because he had his best offensive game of the season He was putting the ball on the floor. He was hitting floaters and, you know, doing their little floaty celebration that they like to do him and Mikhail Bridges. Um, But yeah, I, I, and the numbers kind of speak to that a little bit too, because the Suns' net rating is substantially better when he's on the court compared to when he's off the court. Um, You know, his individual numbers are down, but when your net rating jumps from 1.7 without him to 9.9, when he plays like that's a pretty significant swing He's got the third best uh, plus minus in clutch minutes behind Chris Paul and Mikhail Bridges. And yeah, he's playing a lot with the starters. So that helps, but he's been very good for them in fourth quarters. He's hit a lot of shots that maybe they're not daggers, but they're shots that either get you back into the game when the Suns are trailing or they bury a team because you're trying so hard to stop Chris Paul to stop Devin Booker. And then Jay Crowder hits a corner three and gets the crowd fired up like that's devastating to a defense. So he's kind of a guy that flies under the radar, but I wanted to draw attention to him because boss man has been great and the numbers aren't great so far this season, but you know, he, he's dealing with a lot of mental and physical fatigue from the last two mm-hmm. to three years. And I, and I thought he deserves some love for, you know, what he's kind of fighting through physically and mentally and, and how impactful he is on this team.
1: Look, you, you gotta love spicy Jay. If, if, Chris Paul came in last year and taught these guys how to play the game, kind of approach it as pros and those next at that next level. Jay Crowder came in and taught them how to have an attitude, how to have a swagger, how to play like a team that you don't want to mess with, especially when it comes playoff time. Jay taught these young guys how to do that. And that's that's one of those things that you're never going to see in, in a stat sheet. You're never going to you know quantify that in any way. But it's so damn important because Jay Crowder and that attitude and the way he approaches things uh, it changed changed the mentality of this group. Think about the turning point in that Lakers series it was when they saw the Lakers you know dancing and making fun of them on the sideline, and all of a sudden. Suns come in, kick him in the teeth, and game six, Jay's like, I didn't forget that. I'm going to salsa <laughs> dance right here. I know I'm getting thrown out, so I'm going to sprint off the court, but that's that's the kind of guy that the Suns in, in a lot of their playoff runs just didn't have. They didn't have that attitude. I mean, you could point to maybe a Rajah Bell being that kind of guy, but there's a swagger when it comes to Jay Crowder, and I love that about him, and I love that it has become Uh, Part of of this team's identity, the floaties like you mentioned with him and McHale, him dancing the other night after uh, after a nice pass like these things, while they seem ridiculous, I actually think have a very big impact on why this team is so close knit and why other teams really don't want to mess with these guys because they know the Suns are tough. And if you mess with them, you're probably going to get it right back. So
3: Code JJM said, uh, Jay Salsa three pointer is like that last nail in the coffin. And I completely agree. I feel like he just has those, in addition to what he brings on the court, as far as Espo, like you're saying, the way that he brings this team together, there's very few people in the league, I feel like, who can rally a group of guys so quickly the way that Jay Crowder can. He knocks down one bucket. And then whether it's a celebration or a little bit of smack talk or whatever, it just invigorates this entire team. And the whole team is like, yes, let's do this. Let's go. And I love that about Jay. Um, Gerald, to your point, it's kind of funny to watch or to see the comments under your article because you're right. It's it's 50-50. Well, I guess like 60-40 maybe. But a lot of people are like, we see it, we recognize it. And then there are other people who are like, yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> so there are some conflicting opinions, but I think we uh, all are in agreement here that we are Team Jay Crowder. Yeah, plus sec-
1: first or second best hair on the team—it depends on how you feel about about Devin Booker's hair. But Jay Jay brings that unique look. There's no there's no denying when you see that hair, you go, wait, oh, it's Jay wait, Crowder wait. or it's the Patriots logo. So
3: <laughs> you're gonna say Jay Crowder and Devin are the top two two hairs in the in on this team.
1: Well, Frank's got a better beard, but uh, I can't count his hair as that. Are you gonna throw are you gonna throw Cam Johnson crap at me here as Cam Cam's Johnson hair? has great hair? Cam doesn't do anything to him have him that up? hair. He just lets it
3: grow.
0: I I okay, think we're all and
3: Devin just lets it grow and cuts it in I'm a not, certain way. It's those lines thing. are natural. <laughs> he just
0: I'm, cuts I'm it not... in a certain way. I'm not going to say he has the best hair, but I'm disappointed you guys are overlooking Dario Scharch's beautiful flowing hair these days. It's long. It's fabulous. He's got some white part of the
1: team. (laughs) Haven't we traded him already?
0: Oh, Esco. I mean, Uh, (laughs) uh, it's funny you say that when we were talking about Pacers trades like all day yesterday, and it hurt my heart uh, to talk about Dario Scharch in that way. But um, last, last thing I had to say on Jay this is a stat for the people that don't maybe don't see his impact or or don't feel like he's that important um, when crowder's been on the court the suns have outscored their opponents by 135 points this season when he sits it's only plus 18 so that's a big gap between how good the suns are with him on the court versus with him off the court he's also shooting 38% in fourth quarters and he's 5 for 10 in crunch time scenarios so The guy hits big shots. He's important to what they do, and he's a very important fit with that starting unit as well.
1: Yeah, clutch, smart, and and uh, plays tough-nosed, hard-nosed defense too, which can't be can't be overlooked. He's the he's the ultimate glue guy that you like to have around teams with championship aspirations. I don't think it's uh, it's a coincidence that Miami and, and and the Suns made it to the finals with Jay on the roster. He has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. Fabio Dario's facial hair. No Dario's facial hair doesn't count in this. And then I go JJM wait until Elford brings back vintage Peyton, the hair in front of the eyes, which is always great for a guy shooting a uh, jump shots. You know,
3: I know I'm in the minority on that one, but I definitely love that hairstyle. <laughs> hey,
1: if he wasn't a basketball player, I would have thought it was really cool. But anytime your hair is defending you better than the guy assigned to that's problematic.
3: I get it, I get it, but I still just really liked it. But oh well, it's gone, and we'll move on from it. All right, we're going to take a quick break because I'm going to tell all of the football fans that are listening that DraftKings, the sportsbook app, has a no-brainer bet for you guys to take advantage of. So DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and you'll be a winner once a single points scored when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code PHNX when you sign up. Now, after you use that code, just go place a $1 bet on any NFL team to score, and you're going to win $100 in free bets instantly once a single point scored. It is that simple. It's the latest no-brainer bet from the DraftKings Sportsbook app, so be sure to take advantage of that if you have not already become a member of the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, if you are a member... Be sure to look out if you haven't been on that app in a while. Tinker around on there a little bit. Make sure you check your emails from them because last night I got a 50% odds boost from DraftKings. They just sent me an email and they said, Hey, here's something special for you. 50% odds boost on any NBA game tonight. Take advantage of it. And those kind of things are really cool. So you get a bonus for signing up, then you get special offers for just being on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So it's a win-win for everyone who is involved. Obviously, I've told you before, it's safe, it's reliable, it's secure, you can withdraw and deposit your money whenever you want, and it's really user-friendly. So once again, download the Jockey and Sportsbook app right now, use the promo code PHNX, bet a dollar on any NFL team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with the promo code PHNX this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. That is 21 and older only, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. All right, guys, we're going to get into our final segment of the show here, and we're going to talk all about nicknames because earlier this week it came out that Landry Shamet has had some very interesting nicknames throughout his career and he also has a new nickname given to him by one of his current teammates. Gerald, you were there when he talked about this. Do you want to give us the breakdown?
0: Yeah, he he was talking about how, you know, he only had one nickname for most of his life until he came to the NBA and then with every team that he's been on, he's had like 10 different nicknames. So uh, they were talking in practice and he mentioned that Mikhail Bridges, I think Jay Crowder had called him Shamrock and he was like, just add it to the list. And then he told us that Mikhail Bridges had dubbed him Sham and Cheese, which is fantastic. I know Espo's not going to with me on it's, it cracked me up um and of course that nickname came from Mikhail Bridges too if anyone was going to give him that nickname it was Mikhail.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um but yeah so yeah. I, I thought that and you was didn't jump funny. in and
1: go hey how about Shamwet nothing <laughs> fine
0: I, I did not volunteer that information I'm sorry I let you down Espo but it, I mean not, I'm curious. not the quality
1: I mean, teammate that I thought you were man
0: I know I'm sorry I'll I'll give you a better <laughs> nickname to come up with it but It did get me thinking, like, what are some of his other nicknames? If he's got, like, 10 or 20 different nicknames... Because Shamit said, if you asked any guy on the Suns, they could legitimately list off 10 different nicknames that he has. So I need to know what this full... I need to find this full list and get it out to the public because the
3: people need to know this.
0: We do need to
3: know that. (laughs) Well, we know that we've got Shamwet and Shamwow. Those have come Mm -hmm. off of Twitter then you can add in like Champagne if you're doing like the duo Landry, Shamit and Campaign. Um, mm-hmm. And then the one that came out when he was talking that he said one of his worst nicknames, I think, wasn't it Land Shark.
0: <laughs> yeah. TJ McConnell called him that uh, when he was yeah. in Philly, apparently. And apparently whenever he would hit a three, he would do like the, the shark fin on his head. And that was the thing that they would do, which is just terrible all around. But you got to love the Aussie for that one
3: yeah for sure so that conversation and just the funness that came out of that uh, day at practice inspired us to rank and file our picks for the best current uh, player on the suns team's nickname. So we went ahead and picked those nicknames and we're gonna we're gonna rank and file them and decide who has the best list and you guys chime in in the chat if you're listening to this on audio let us know on Twitter what you think. Or if we missed a really good one, So Espo, do you want to go first and share your list?
1: Yeah, I love that you guys included like little notes that I put in there for you in the (laughs) graphics. But that's fine. We'll let it ride. So number one for me is Point God. I mean, anytime that you're compared to a DD and you live up to it, that deserves to be number one uh, on the list. None of this CP3 crap. That's not a good nickname. That's just uh, initials in your number. But Point God, yeah, that's next level. Uh, the warden definitely uh, deserves to be there at number two. Don't give me the the blade or whatever Suns broadcast is trying to push. <laughs> give me the warden. You're on lockdown when you're get, when you're playing against uh, McHale, both offensively and defensively. Uh, you're there, uh, Boss Man ninety nine. I that's, that's kind of badass, right? I mean, when you're when you're Jay Crowder and and Boss Man is is your nickname. That's awesome. Frank, the tank, AKA Kaminsky Cove. Uh, I, I just, it's a solid nickname that comes with very fun gifts and graphics that you can do. So I'll go there. And if we can put the graphic back up, I don't remember what five was. Okay. It was book again. You know, it's a shortening of the name, but, but he's owned it. So uh, when he's the best player on your team, I'll include it, but honorable mention is Slam Johnson when Cam posterizes a guy? Uh That is one of the best nicknames that there is. So Okay, I mean I like Coach pretty... JJM's. How, what about Kingslayer for Booker because he took down LeBron in the playoffs? I, I like that.
0: Maybe if we get if we get a Suns Lakers playoff matchup again and he takes him down, I'll, I'd be on board with it. I don't know about just once when Anthony Davis <laughs> is out, but I. It's a pretty solid list. I, for me, I got point guard at number one as well. Anytime you can have a play on point guard that pays homage to him as an actual god, I mean that's that's a just certifiably dope nickname. The warden, I feel like, is underrated. Um, we haven't really settled on a definitive Mikhail Bridges nickname. You go to Twitter and there's like a bunch of different things. I'm not on board with the blade. Like, I get it because he's slender and he cuts, I guess, but like, I'm just not. Not feeling the blade, uh, the homie Dario Sharic. I don't know where this came from or why, but I just like it. Um, and you know, Super Dario's great too. But the homies, you can't go wrong with the homie, Frank the Tank. Big fan of old school, and and Frank Kaminsky would be right at home living in that universe, that cinematic universe. So Frank the Tank is great. And sham and cheese, I'm sorry, it's just funny. Like I can't, I can't can't take it seriously. I'm well aware that it's not like a really cool nickname, but it's too funny for
1: me to not have on my list. I feel like that has to be a nickname for a duo. Like, I feel like sham and cheese should be like if him and uh, uh, you know and Javale JaVale. hung out a lot. It's ham and cheese, sham and cheese. Like I'm like, okay, I can feel that. But as a as a one man nickname, like I why are there two things? I don't I don't like it.
0: Yeah, I mean it doesn't make sense if you think about it that way, but I it just makes me laugh that Mikhail Bridges called him Shaman Cheese because I guess his three pointers can be the cheese. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Maybe you're the alley oops to JaVale McGee, that's the cheese, just flying through well, the Well yeah,
3: because it could be like cheese, cash money, right? Like get that cheddar. Yeah. There you go. It could be along. <laughs> I like where your head's at with this, Gerald. I like it. <laughs> I mean,
1: he did so, get that bag, so I guess that works.
3: Yeah. I think it adds a little bit because I can just picture Mikkel calling him Shaman Cheese, yes. and I think that would be very enjoyable. Like it would just be really funny having Mikkel call Andre Shaman Cheese. So I think that's why it's on the list for me. But I'm with you guys as far as the first one goes. So point God. No explanation beyond what you guys already said needed there. Number two for me is The Homie with Dario. I love The Homie because I use that to describe my friends all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I think I've said it on this show before. When Kellen Elson gets brought up, I'm like, Kellen's The Homie. I just yeah. think it's such a good term of endearment. You know what I mean? So if that's your nickname, if your nickname is synonymous with a term of endearment, you, you mm-hmm. you're winning in life. It's a solid nickname. Three for me is Book because sometimes listen obviously i like a ridiculous nickname like sham and cheese and what my number 5 pick is but there is something to be said about it just <laughs> a classic shortening of your name nickname when you are especially as incredible of a player as devin booker is so book is always going to be in the top um top few for me for sham and cheese we already talked about that and then number 5 <laughs> Big Daddy Wookie. <laughs> now this one kills me because I we had never I never heard this before. Gerald sent this out to our group yesterday when we were trying to figure out are we missing any of these nicknames? And according yes. to basketball reference, right?
0: Mm-hmm. It's
3: yeah, according basketball to basketball reference. reference <laughs> This is JaVale McGee's, one of JaVale McGee's nicknames, anyway, one of his nicknames, because according to basketball reference, he's got a handful, but Big Daddy Mm. Wookiee was the one that I thought was hilarious, and Gerald, I think you mentioned this in our group chat too. Can you just imagine a grown man who's his teammate calling him Big Daddy Wookiee? Like, that would be the funniest thing ever, so big fan of that one. It had to be on my list for sure.
0: I'm half convinced, like, you know, when you look at stuff on Wikipedia and you're like, okay, somebody definitely edited that themselves, that somebody got a hold of JaVale McGee's basketball reference page, because his nicknames are like, there's Pierre, there's the Great Adventure, there's Big Daddy Bookie. The, the Big Secret. <laughs> which like,
3: I don't Can know I, where he's like coming
0: from. It. Yes.
3: You need to follow up with him on this, Gerald. Like, you know, you said you wanted all the Landry Shamik nicknames. We need an explanation for all of the JaVale McGee nicknames too.
0: I do. The next time we get him in media availability, I'm going to have to pull the trigger and see if he's like, what? I've never heard that in my life or if these are actually like legitimate nicknames because I have no idea. I've never heard him be called any of these things.
1: Uh, no. Also, have has the homie actually been used on a regular basis, or is that similar to to Daddy Wookie, where it's something we've heard as a nickname, but I've never I've never heard that openly used for for him.
0: No, I I haven't either. I <laughs> I don't know. I was it's just perusing Basketball Twitter. Reference. Wait, what?
3: The homie for Dario. I feel like oh, I've seen it on Twitter quite a so,
0: few times. Yes. So the homie for Dario is like, that goes back to his Philadelphia days, I think, was when he originally started being called the homie. Um, I don't think it was as popular in Minnesota, because like, let's be honest, his Minnesota stint was kind of miserable for both him and and the fan base. Um, but yeah, I, I think more in Phoenix, it's been more super Dario since he's come here. I think that's the one that the fans have latched onto. But like, his original nickname is still the homie.
1: Look, I would pay anything. To hear Al McCoy called Dario the Homie and JaVale Big Daddy wookie I, uh, you know, like if, if I heard either of those, I, like those were both moved to the top of the list right under the point god. Like, if I ever heard actually those actually used, uh, in a broadcast setting, that would that would go next level. All right,
3: that is so funny. I love that. We're gonna have to see if we can, uh convince al mccoy to use that at some point in time this season at least for javel and maybe maybe if we get to see dario later on we'll see if we can, I can probably him to get, do it
1: i can probably convince john bloom to do it for a road game on a 100
3: percent. So. you could totally get him to do it
1: <laughs> so maybe i'll try that uh, bev- before we move on though you guys what's what's the worst or best nickname that you've had
0: Oh man, you just had to go there, didn't you? Um, (laughs) Yes,
1: Zweo, I did.
0: Because I've had a lot of unfortunate nicknames. Zweo was a sad one because that's when my Twitter got hacked. But the worst one, so when I was in like elementary school through middle school, even early in high school, um, I used to walk like on on my toes, on my tippy toes. And I think it was a thing that came from basketball because I used to always just be on the balls of my feet. I was a defender. That's all I was good at. And so everyone kind of noticed that, unfortunately, and they started calling me Twinkle Toes because that's how I would walk around <laughs> on my toes. And uh, and then there's just there's always uh, Jer-Bear, which comes up unfortunately. Jarbear. love Jer-Bear.
3: that.
0: So I'm really <laughs> regretting saying this on a live show right now, but those are those are the Jer- two that.
3: Can I just say, though, like the fact that yeah. throughout this whole process, you've been so open about just airing <laughs> out all of the things about your personal life. Like, I'm impressed. Like, yeah. I, I got to give you props for that because I wouldn't be able to do the same thing. That's for sure. You're not yeah, including.
1: What was that? You're not including well put together Pete Davidson. No. No.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean that's that's going to be up there if it sticks. I'm I'm praying that that flies under the radar. So thank you for bringing that one back.
1: <laughs> no problem.
0: Um but yeah, yeah like under the
3: radar? I think that's a compliment.
0: My girlfriend wasn't stoked about the slightly put together Pete
3: Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, he is a polarizing person, so you got people on both sides and they're far different opinions. So I guess I get that one. Um my nicknames are pretty lame. I've only ever been called Lin's or LJ because my middle name is J. Other than that, I don't really know that I've had legitimate nicknames. Oh, well, yeah, I guess I had one. When, when I was a kid, my family used to call me Lenny Lou. Lenny Lou. And my grandma
1: still
0: oh. called me Linny.
3: Yeah, so I don't oh. know where that came from, but my grandma still calls me Lenny. She's like literally the only one who still calls me that. But in my adult life, it's always just been Linz or LJ
1: <laughs> or two <two-time>. oh. <laughs> <Two-time laughs> right. time. Two time, big time. What about uh, you? Uh, I act one of the embarrassing ones. So um, my, my full name is, is Gregory Lewis Esposito. So my, my initials are GLE. Well, my aunt uh, gave me a, a really nice uh, bag for school. It's like a messenger bag and it had my initials on it. Right. Well, this is middle school, so everybody started calling me Glee, uh, making fun of me, and that just kind of stuck for a little while. That was a pain in the ass. Uh, didn't use that bag a lot at school for very long, and then no. Uh, so and then Aspo Aspo started when I was eighteen. My first radio internship, and that that stuck. I'm pretty convinced two thirds of the people uh, that know me don't know my actual name is Greg. So.
0: <laughs> so- while the rest of the country was just being enthralled by the show Glee, were you like sitting there like traumatized, like I hate this show? Yes,
1: yes. I feel like I, I hate I, this
3: I, show. This is bringing I, up bad memories. <laughs>
1: stupidest name ever. Damn, singing teenagers. Yeah, it was uh, It was not fun. So,
3: <laughs> man, middle schoolers they can be real mean sometimes, can't middle they? Middle
1: school sucked. But then again, <laughs> Twitter and adulthood very much like middle school. So. I guess you never get away wrong. from it,
3: right? <laughs> You're not wrong. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for tapping in today. Before we get out of here, um, one more time, I want to tell you guys about the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, use the code PHNX, bet $1 on any NFL team to score a point, and you could win $100 in free bets instantly. But Espo, I believe you have a pick of the week for us, something we should look into to see maybe if it's, uh, if it's a bet we're willing to place.
1: Look, uh, I'm going back to Crowder's Cash Club. It got, it got recognized on the broadcast on Monday, and I'm feeling good. I think CP3 is going to reward us for Eddie Johnson asking him about uh, setting Jay up. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say first field goal of the game for Friday's game. Give me a little Crowder's Cash Club. Gonna put some scratch down on that again. See if we can get lucky. That is my DraftKings pick of the week.
3: Crowder's Cash I Club. I think we have something. We? Oh, I'm being told by our producer, Jacob, that we have something. Let's see. Yeah. what What is this here that we've got?
1: I was oh, ex- I w- look
3: at that!
1: I was expecting Stickers. my head photoshopped on the cast of Glee, so thank God it wasn't that.
3: <laughs> thank God. No, we just dropped these in the PHNX locker uh, sticker pack, so you guys, if you want to have a computer that looks like mine covered in stickers. If you want to put it on your water bottle or your notebook, or as Espo says, put it on your face. These are now available at <laughs> phnxlocker.com for you to get um, just in time for the holidays and uh, maybe a new semester if you're in school. So check that out because I believe Espo, correct me if I'm wrong, this is a limited edition drop, right?
1: They They are. Once these are gone they're gone. We will not put these same sticker packs out ever again. They will be different every time. So if you want to get these cool limited edition stickers, head over to phnxlocker.com and they're cost effective. You you got a you got a family member that's a big Arizona sports fan, you can get these for the holidays and it ain't gonna cost you that much. So I uh, look, it'll cost you less than it will cost you to bet on Crowder's Cash Club on Friday is what I'm telling you. So get in there.
0: Yep, get some really stickers to slap a slap a yeah. coat of crazy sticker right on your forehead there for Christmas. Why not? Great gift. <laughs>
1: like, Gerald has decided since uh, you know he's not a, a big tat guy, he's just going to put these all over him, uh, so he really looks like Pete Davidson. He's just going to sticker up. All
3: right. <laughs> yes, um, and as hello in the chat says, like my dad says, once they're gone, they're gone. Oh. I read that wrong. Sorry. Hello. Um, but yes, once they're gone, they're gone. So be sure to take advantage of that. Head on over to phnxlocker.com. And if you haven't uh, become a member, uh, p- go phnx.com to check all of that out. So thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at lindsaysmithaz. You can follow Gerald on Twitter at Gerald Bourget. And of course, you can follow Espo on Twitter at espo we'll see you guys next time as
1: hello you're dead for me for the dead to me for the gleeful joke and ahoy hoy